Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Tuesday. Hope you guys are crushing your week. Uh, and welcome back to another episode of the Service Legend Podcast. Today, we have a real treat for you guys. Uh, Bradley always talks about we have a real treat for you guys. But we have a real treat for you guys today. Um, man, Corey Colson, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, man. Super stoked. Uh, it was nice seeing you in Nashville a couple weeks ago. You're your display was ridiculous. I mean, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Like Tiger Woods said, you know, you don't go to a tournament to lose. So I think that's <laughs> just kind of how I approach everything, man. Uh, it was, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw it. I'm like, wow, th this guy's coming to play, you know? <laughs> um, I mean, everybody else got some cool displays like Christmas light was pretty cool. They have some pretty cool, like, like full houses basically, but yours was pretty legendary. Um, for those of you that don't know Corey, and if you don't know Corey, I don't know where you're living. Uh, I'm not sure if this is, you know, the country for you. No, I'm just kidding. But if you don't know Corey, you're missing out. Um, but he, um, he's a, uh, um, you know, he's not your typical, um, professional, right? Uh, he's, he's, he's outside the box a little bit. Um, he's a master at seamlessly blending the um, the worlds of healthcare and construction with a deep understanding of regulation and risk management. Uh, his impressive achievements include successfully implementing critical programs on both state and national scales, as well as overseeing teams up uh, of, of up to 245 individuals, um, all while boosting productivity and satisfaction while reducing risk and turnover. Uh, Corey's entrepreneurial spirit shines through his thriving ventures within the decorative concrete industry and his commitment to innovation in, uh, is evident really with Ballistics, uh, a product line that not only delivers quality, but also supports vital veterans mental health programs, which is amazing. My, my older brother um, um, is a part of that. Um, so guys, get ready, get some popcorn. Um, get some time set aside and uh, we'll get rocking and rolling here. Yeah, I think this um, one's, this one's going to be a little different, man. We'll, um, we'll get gritty. And if anybody wants, you know, the, the, the biggest questions we always get, I think from the outside is like, how did you do what you did? Um, yeah. you know, so I figured we would start somewhere around there and I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like the, the Jake Paul of the concrete Facebook world, you know, people, they want to hit me in the face, but they don't really want to know, you know, they don't really know why it's, it's like this frustrating, uh, thing of, um, you know, what it, it's, it's bizarre, man, the, the way that Facebook and Instagram has, um, made business, you know, so different. Um, but we were talking about the, this week, we brought a bunch of people together actually in July and you and I were having the same conversation in Nashville how it's funny because you'll build this uh, persona or this perception of an individual and then you meet them in person and it's like, man, you know, I really like this person. I really <laughs> like doing business, which of course has changed business uh, drastically, you know, since the internet, but really over the last five or 10 years as Facebook and Twitter has, has taken over. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but I, again, I appreciate you having us and um, I'm sure, you know, people, 
we'll listen for uh, all kinds of different reasons. And I hope we get to touch on a lot of different topics. I've, uh, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, going into to healthcare, um, I can elaborate kind of on what I did there. But really, the story begins before that. Um, so what do you want to start off with? Yeah, well, you know, I always like to start out start out with um, kind of like an origin story, if you will. Um, to your point, I think that when we come on the scene, whether it's social media, different businesses, um, what the most interesting thing for me is like um, 18 years old to the first business, yep. you know, whether that's 25 years old, first business or 30 or whatever it is, but like 18 to first business, like what? Were you the blunt, the blunt yeah. end of that question that I usually get is, how did you become a millionaire by 30, right? That's what everybody truly wants to know, because I think that that as a young man, that's where your head is. Yeah. What can I do that, you know, you're not even really thinking about happiness at that point. You're thinking about what can I do that makes me money? You know, so for me, it was a little bit different. I grew up a uh, military brat. My dad was a Marine colonel. Um, we grew up all over the U.S. and around the globe, which obviously gave me a little bit of a it gave me an advantage, an unfair advantage, and that I could walk into any room and socialize with anybody. And, you know, my mom was heavy into, you know, performing arts for me. I played baseball. Uh, baseball was my sport. And I would I was a drama kid, you know, and in that world, my, my 15 year old actually aspires for performing arts as well. And in that world, her logic has always been she wants to be an attorney. She doesn't want to be an actress. She wants to be an attorney. But if she can stand in front of, you know, a thousand people and convince them she's somebody else, then she can stand in front of 12 and convince them what she needs to. You know, and I think that that's true. So performing arts, military brat grew up, um, you know, I was 16 when I graduated high school. So it wow. was one of these things that I had to make a decision. And my 16 year old brain went after a girl, you know, so I, I said, I kind of made a deal with my dad. Hey, I'll go back to the States. We were living in the country of Bahrain, which is in the Persian Gulf. And, you know, go home and uh, I'll go to I'll go to college. He wanted me to be, you know, basically get my bachelor's first and maybe join the military. But really, he talked me out of it, you know, as a, as a lifer Marine. Um, so I was 16, you know, very immature brain. Uh, but I, I got through college and I chased the girls and um, I was pursuing business, which obviously comes into play now. Uh, but during the time, it just I didn't. I kind of figured I'd end up in retail. I grew up primarily kind of in Maine when we weren't moving and the economy up there was, you know, tourist based and I just didn't find any interest in it. And I realized that, you know, a few years into college, it's still okay to change your major. You know, if you haven't figured out what you want to do or how you're going to get there. You know, you, you, you can make that change. And I made a radical change. Um, all through this time, part of my dad's agreement was you could go back if you paid for your own school. So I never got daddy's money. I never got, you know, fast fund daddy's handouts. And you know, I had to go back and figure it out at 16. So I started installing hardwood and tile. Uh, I became familiar with flooring and, and the sale of flooring and that paid for college. So I paid out of pocket working full time um, before I realized I wanted to switch and just keep torturing myself. So I went to uh, nursing school and I, have, I had a huge interest in critical care. Uh, specifically flight, um, took some flights with Life Flight of Maine and, and was hooked. Um, so I actually went and, and got my uh, my RN. I started working high acuity ICU um, all during this time. This is about a you know five, six year period installing and selling flooring. 
So for me, you know, I, I went from being this kind of immature college kid to uh, nurse, which, of course, people ask, you know, what, what do you like about nursing? What don't you like? Nursing gives uh, structure. And I, as somebody with ADHD and, uh, you know, a slew of other things that everybody in this world deals with, um, I needed that little bit of structure and I enjoyed that. And I became I went I did everything from, you know, high acuity ICU patients to open hearts. I've held human hearts and done pericardial massage. I used to uh, thread wires through, you know, millimeter vessels and uh, work do intravascular intervention. And, you know, I, I really aspired to be the best at whatever, you know, scope I was working in. And in doing so, I started climbing the risk and regulatory ladder. So keep in mind, my wife and I at this point have, you know, we've got three kids. This is fast forwarding a little bit in my 20s. Uh, we've got three kids, um, stable income, and all of the debt in the world. Because in that, in that, you know, that college to, I'm now making, you know, three hundred thousand dollars as an income. Uh, we decided to try and keep up with the Joneses, and you know, it was just we were working, we were spinning our wheels as parents that most middle class Americans do. And I think that that's really was kind of our wake up call. That especially as a father looking at three girls. Hey, we've got college, we've got weddings, we've got all of this stuff, and I'm not going to get there from here and give my wife what she needs, which, you know, my I wanted my wife to be able to, to raise our children because that's what she wanted to do. Um, so that's where I pushed it all, man, you know, and, and I kind of was having a conversation with an old friend who was a business partner for a short amount of time, um, and we just came to an agreement that, hey, man, I, I've got the experience for the contractor's license. Um, you know, you've got the know-how a little bit into a subcategory of this niche pocket of this niche industry that we knew nothing about. And we started a polishing company. We uh, went to Diamatic and, you know, uh, Duraflex and, you know, all of the companies that we thought were the best. And, you know, we went and learned, but really we cut our teeth. And this was me and my 65 year old father-in-law and, you know, 12 laborers. We grew big very fast. We had a uh, nearly a three million dollar backlog in the first eight months of work, and that was you know attributed to just diving in. And we cut our teeth on hands and knees, learning to polish in the depths of DC alleys at three a.m. You know, and I was sitting there going, "What am I doing, man?" Like, <laughs> came out of operating rooms, you know, handling some of the highest security cases, and here I'm on hands and knees. And actually, the local newspaper did a little story, which you can Google and read when I had aspirations of doing more. Um, where we saw, and my job within healthcare was basically to identify gaps and to bridge them. So, you know, for so long, I just was building these gap analyses in my head and kind of seeing where all the bridges were. So I'm sitting there, you know, running this contracting company, me and my 65 year old father-in-law, and I'm sitting there about 2 a.m. and we're wrapping a grind and seal. And I looked at him and said, these products are not what should be you know, going down over concrete. I'm not comfortable with it. Oh, it's an eggshell build out. It's what's on the, you know, spec sheet. It is what it is. I'm like, man, I'm just not, I don't like this. And it, I started having this internal struggle that this gap, I couldn't just bridge. And that's really the aspirations of building ballistics came first. And for those of th those of you that don't know me, I've got a supply, um, the supply house, which I'll talk a little bit about. We've got ballistics and we've got bulletproof resins. And ballistics came first while I was contracting. Um, so during this process, 
you know, I really wanted to figure it out. And I started reaching into other industries. Obviously, we didn't have a ballistic spigot in the back of our house. Right. We had to reach out. We had to start you know, looking at other industries entirely um, to see if maybe there was something out there that we could turn into what we wanted. Well, during this process, um, you know, we looked at our company. We looked at you know, operating costs, which everybody should be on a regular basis. Um, and we realized that we were spending too much money on freight, which, boom, brought in the second gap where are the the suppliers in my area well the answer to that question was five hours north and 13 hours west so obviously there was a huge potential there for me to do something about that um keep in mind man we jumped out of a stable three hundred thousand dollar a year career to chase a dream really wasn't making money on at the time but i knew it was for something and i knew that god put me on hands and knees for a reason because I, I spent a lot of time self-reflecting and you know during that process understanding that this industry offered me a lot it offered a lot of potential there were there was a lot of opportunity and i came from a very heavily regulated uh heavily heavily governed industry to one that really was like cowboys the wild west right when i on you and but when i came into it of course i've got almost nine years of college collectively um, you know, I, I think I kind of took people a little bit by surprise. I didn't have any resources. I was swimming in a bunch of personal debt. I took no loans. I had a $5,000 Capital One credit card and I kind of came in this little 1500 square foot hole in the wall. And I was like, I'm going to make this work. And I bought a pallet of Ameripolish and I had 30 days to flip it and sell it. And I did that. And then I used all the profits to buy a pallet of Metzger and I flipped it and I, bought a pallet, a tool, you know, I just, I built on net 30 terms and there weren't, you know, there weren't all of the relationships were not great. Maybe I didn't pay them fast enough, you know, what, whatever it was, but we made it work. We paid our debts and we built our company, you know, with the brands that wanted to weather that storm of growth with us. And it was really cool because we went from, you know, a $5,000 credit card to a million dollars in the first six months, you know, through the store. And I was like, well, obviously this is, you know, this is where we need to be. So God took us down all of these kind of different avenues to give me just enough knowledge to, you know, really dive into the deep of the depths and come back up and say, hey, I can actually help a lot of people in this industry. Um, So, yeah, we kind of we we popped the store and, you know, I'm a I'm a guy about integrity and ethics and I'm always talking on synergy. And I think a lot of that goes unheard. but if I could wrap up the first two years of growth, you know, from Megan's to ballistics to eventually bulletproof, it was that it was really hard. And, you know, there's all of all of this kind of energy that I get a lot of like, hey, it must be nice. You know, it must be nice to have, you know, a, a whatever quarter million dollar pool or, you know, whatever you have. Uh, that must be nice. And I look at them sometimes and I think you would never know you know, the journey that I've taken to get here. I didn't pay myself. I, I drove my credit to nothing, you know, so I could pay vendors and took on personal liabilities. And, you know, I just, I had faith and I prayed every single day. And eventually that first company that I really wanted to make became ballistics. And we started working on the manufacturer and I had the only little bit of like tangible asset that I had or liquid asset that I had was a small eight thousand uh, dollar college savings account for our kids. It was a five twenty nine, because I was like burning through everything to to make this dream work, man. And I took that five twenty nine and I I bought 
what I could and made the necessary changes to a formula that was 20 years antiquated that just wasn't being used. And, you know, we took it and I saw the potential for it and I built the systems while well, me and my brother-in-law at this point are crisscross applesauce sitting on an office floor, you know, hustling and building without desks. You know, when we first really created ballistics and, and, you know, it really was just this need and it, it, I didn't grow it across the industries. The people did that. When I put the product in people's hands, it was like, man, I put it on this and this is why it works so well. And of course, because the product had been around, we had all of the testing and data in the world and we just made some minor changes. You know, we made it anti-static, we made it more scratch resistant. We did that. Now, you know, we did that as a, as a very still very young company with no working capital. And we grew this thing to be on 47, you know, stores across America. We actually turned down three very large um, retailers because I knew we were, we would never, we were not ready, you know? So I almost had this M80 blow up in my hands, you know, which of course I appreciate and I respect, but I never asked for that. All I was trying to do was make something better. And, you know, I think in having all of that faith and that confidence in that thing, um, I was able to channel so much thought and energy towards what I wanted that I literally watched it manifest in front of me, you know, but along came everybody that, well, how did he do that? You know, how did he become a millionaire overnight? You know, let me pause right there. Let me pause right there. So, um, so I got to tell you, so yeah, I have so many great things. So, um, what I want to ask you is, so, um, I think there's a lot of people in, in this industry that are starting out, um, that either, you know, so home improvements usually was, uh, my dad was a painter. My dad was a garage door guy. My, my dad was a plumber. My uncle was a plumber. My brother was a plumber and I worked for this company. And then, you know, five years later, Hey, I'm ready to start my own company. There's all these different stories. Right. Um, and what's interesting about the concrete coating industry is number one, there's no association. There's no standards. Right. It's the wild west. Right. Right. Um, this industry is just establishing itself. Um, I have mentors in different industries where there's so much structure. There's so much information, uh, that's good. There's good people. Um, and what's interesting is this industry is just starting. Like if you're listening and you're getting in, it's just starting. I got into it like We're six a prime years example ago. of that. I mean, yeah. literally you've got potential to bring a good idea to the board and have it really make changes, you know, because it's so fresh and man, it's only, it's only going to continue to grow as far as, you know, a regulatory risk standpoint, that was something that drove me so, so wild about it is this is going to go in all schools. This is going to go in all hospitals. This is these, you know, these floors yeah. are what it, what we are moving towards. And then from the polish side, you know, there are really three aspects of what we do. There's surface prep, there's polish and there's coating. People capitalize on, you know, where they're not focused. And that's a big, you know, that's a big area of opportunity, in my opinion, for anybody. You know, we were doing primarily as contractors, we polished and we did coatings. But man, I was the one guy that could surface prep anything and how easy to be able to grind and vacuum something. You know, and I was contacting, I would cold call every contractor. You know, my prior business partner had good connections and and we were doing, you know, profiling for, for gypsum. 
and uh, hard surfaces like hardwood and tile and podium style apartments. You know, we were doing kind of the stuff that you don't even think outside of the box. But yeah, I interrupted you. Sorry. I, I, I was no, 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 all good. On that. The cool thing about you, Corey, is you are an absolute visionary and, and an ab absolute entrepreneur. Um, and I'm curious, like, um, did you always feel like that you were going to be an entrepreneur when you were doing the Man, I, I spent my childhood on a stage in a spotlight. So for me, it, it's kind of hard not to assert my you know thoughts on things. Um, if I can have intelligent discussion with anybody, I can make money. Right. And I think that that's what it takes is it takes drive to produce productivity. And unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of folks that are in this industry, I, I think, are after the quick buck and not the, you know, what's right here? What, how do I do this the right way? And I think yeah. that that's really where I've tried to be different is, you know, outside of doing few day classes and I wish I could spend a lifetime with people, but it just doesn't make sense in this day and age. But, you know, the follow through and the education, I think, is really where where people lack these days. And unfortunately, yeah. you know, you've got a lot of contractors that are trying to pop into the distribution world and, you know, distributors that are trying to contract. And unfortunately, man, that muddies the waters and it really drives the markets down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we see that and we've witnessed it right in our backyard in Baltimore. You know, one of the key competitors that we have, he competes against his own clients. And of course, we could have done that, right? We had all of the resources in the world to launch, you know, five epoxy install teams. And we didn't because I was more interested in relationships. You know, it's it's one of those things that you just you don't have a lot of control over um, what other people do, but you certainly, you know, have the control over yourself. And what happens when distributors and contractors are not only is there non-compliance from a hazmat transport standpoint on a daily basis in the economy mail, there's a huge liability. Um, but more importantly, you're taking out of each other's pockets and you're driving the market down for everybody that's trying to play fair. Um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely opportunity there too. <laughs> and I don't, you know, there are a few out there that I'm very good friends with. And that's another thing, you know, we, we all are, are kind of friends, you know, people only see skin deep on Facebook, you know, me and my competitors, most of them outside of, you know, two or three are tight, you know, we're tight with, um, people that it would, it would, if it wasn't on a non-disclosure people, it would blow their minds because they think we're worst enemies. Um, but at the end well, of the, the funny day, thing is, is like, so in Nashville, um, there was a company, um, Nelly is marketing, yep. um, was there. Um, and what's funny is like, so when I got into the industry here, like five or six years ago, I was working for a company. My first experience was with, uh, with Pintech. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know some of those guys there, I actually, um, Scott wire, if he's listening, Scott, what's up, Scott. Um, I learned so much from him. A lot of people hate him. Uh, or whatever, but like, he's, he's really a good dude, but he taught me so much. And when I got into the industry, um, I went right to Justin Blankenship's, uh, Facebook group. And I didn't know it was his at the time. Um, and this was, you know, a while ago, we can go backdate it. It's probably still in there, but, um, and I just started like, Hey, you want leads? Hey, you want leads? And, you know, and I didn't know any better, but make sure, make sure you at Justin, the badass page when you post this thing too, because we got to, we, we would love to talk on that. Yes. Yeah. 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 I need to get in there. Um, and, but what was funny is like, I started to realize, uh, I met Nelly, um, and uh, number one, I kind of started the Ryan is marketing thing, but Nelly is marketing the same thing, but, um, it's like what I was able to do. It, it, it started a lot of different things for different people. 
which is really good. Um, but when I met Nelly, because I, I, you would think that um, based on online, we don't like each other, right? Um, but when I saw him in person, it's like, and we didn't connect very long, but like, it's, it's like, dude, it's like that be in nature and humans, man. Nobody's oh, be best friend, to, though. Yeah, yeah, nobody's like, going to bring a Facebook rival to, you know, and pop you in the face. And if you do, you're an unstable mind. And unfortunately, that's what you get in the Facebook world, right? Yeah. There are guys that go, and I, I made this statement, and I'm going to make it again, and then I'm going to follow it by a counter statement. I had addiction issues for years, right? I would never judge anybody. But it is my personal opinion that those people, you know, that are engaging in that negativity are typically people that go home at 5 p.m. and access some sort of bottle and yeah. sit behind a screen and, and they're unstable. You know, it's like we are all for us business professionals, businesses that actually do business with one another can can make magic, man. And you've got a lot of brilliant minds out there um, to your point, you know, and, and to mine, a lot of folks don't they don't get synergy. You know, and synergy starts with having, you know, good, positive beliefs and good attitudes. And I think anybody that's watched, you know, the attack on me and my family for the last few years can clearly see the way that I respond, you know, and people don't like intelligent response. You know, it doesn't give them much to <laughs> yeah. fuel on, you know. Um, yeah, they want arguments, right? They it's that, it. it's that know. negative drama, um, you know, and people... There are people actually in that particular forum that continue to post about me, even though I've been out of the forum for a year and I'm blocked from them. Um, but they post about me because they see me as a giant. Right. They see me as the guy that's got all the exposure. So if they attach my name to them, you know, somehow it's going to fulfill what they want. When really, man, I'm just here grinding for my family. You know, I'm here every day grinding for my work family, trying to make something of myself and for myself. As I promised, you know, both of my parents, I would. I try to bring honor to my family. You know, I try and stand behind the integrity and the ethics. of. Um, and there are people that just have this like insatiable urge to to fight and drag, drag those people down. It's funny. A, a few of my friends have sold their companies in this endeavor. Um, a few of my close friends, one of which uh, I'll, oh, maybe I'll name them. And then there was another gentleman as well. And I watched these at before me. They, I was, you know. It was what came first. I watched these people badgered and I watched them beat and I watched them fight and I watched them. And I also knew who they were behind the scenes, that they were good guys that were trying to make a living for their family and do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and Eric Gravel and Corey Henson are two of my closest confidants. And whether you like to do business with them or not, uh, Easy Concrete's our biggest competitor. And I trust Corey with my life. You know, but the one thing that I saw in both of those situations, as well as Timmy Mater, is as soon as they got payouts for their company and did well for their family, everybody congratulated them. Right. There was no more attack. And the only reason for that was because they were no longer a competitor. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the day, you've got to understand yeah. that the, the attacks are fueled by competition. It's all on how we take those blows to the chin and deliver them back. And unfortunately for most people, I, I'm an intellect, so I'm not going to die in conversation. You know, <laughs> and I think that that that's a you know, it's applicable to all business, man, how we act online. Um, I, I have had, you know, multimillion dollar offers for my family and my companies from people that say, hey, man, I've watched you in the forums for the last four years that are CEOs of multi billion dollar companies that are in there watching. So for those 
you know, I'm going to call it as it is for those Alex Orozco's and Levi Weaver. You don't know what kind of future bridges you're burning by being out there acting like a fool. Mm-hmm. And that's what you are. You're acting like a fool, you know, for us that are productively growing business and, and bridging gaps. And we continue to do that. Like, you know, I could have I, sh- I could have cashed out, man, and, and you know, been the Same guy here. along yeah. with the rest of them that had the Lambos and good, and, you know, but I have a personal vendetta to do better. And I've got a personal vendetta to make all of these brands, which way, hold on this way, all of these brands better. Right. And I want to do that, not for anybody else outside of myself. And, you know, our drive as a company has been just to push so hard to do something new and something cool and something different. I have caught hell for years for having a black business partner. Right. In this day and age, it isn't that crazy in this day and age. I've actually lost customers because Derwin Scott and I are are like brothers. We're friends, you know, we're business partners and we've got a supply together. We have watched racial divides. Uh, We've watched people not shop with us over religion. You know, we've watched. And I think the broad topic of this conversation is really who are you online? Mm -hmm. You know, what what is the perception you're giving? Because in 90% of cases in new hires, the first thing HR does is they go to your Facebook page. <laughs> they want to know who you are, how many beers you can shotgun, and what shit you said about somebody else. Yeah. Right? So how are you presenting yourself online? Are people going to want to do business with you if you're acting like a fool? Probably not. There's a reason we're the fastest growing company, and there's a reason we're taking it all by storm. It's because we do good business and we stand behind our family. There were more nights spent in this place with my wife and children than there have been with our employees. And that's small business. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible, too, because, um, you know, I honestly feel that this industry, concrete coating, decorative concrete, um, can be as big as HVAC, plumbing, garage doors. Bigger. Yeah, we're in a multi-trillion dollar industry as a sub, you know, sub market of concrete. There yeah. is so much industry out there that even we could actually come together and form an accrediting body and Mm -hmm. say we are going to standardize you know pricing and this you are not certified we're going to make it a problem and you know we have the power still to do this because we are we've got to do it bro because we have tommy like tommy and um uh, with garage doors he's going to be speaking at the summit um and i've learned a lot from him and he can have like what i've seen him do with a with with manufacturers, distributors, um, different products, different relationships, like everyone's trying to support the space versus take from the space, you know? And it's like this take and give, take and give. It's like, how much are you taking versus how much are you giving? Well, I will tell you the best business I have ever experienced, especially engaging in electronic platforms is very much just helping other people. Right. I mean, that's it's in my nature to naturally just help others. And and in doing so, it's the most organic relationship you could ever have, you know, getting there selflessly and saying, hey, man, like, let me help you. Let me show you. And that's the other thing is these guys will slaughter each other up rather than saying, hey, why don't you bump up to six, seven bucks instead of doing three, four, you know, because I'm your only competition (laughs) out here and you might be getting a lot of jobs, but you're you're working twice as hard. You know, I very much could have jumped into the franchise epoxy trailers and, you know, done, I could have dabbled into pretty much everything, you know, all aspects of this industry. And I know that I'll do well, not because I'm something special, but because the opportunity is there. And if you ask God for it, he will put it on your plate. It is that simple. 
So you true. know, it is that simple, but you have to believe it on a daily basis. I believe when we come, you know, to this planet, to this experience that, you know, there is a very yin and yang. There's a very black and white. And, you know, if you had a zero to 2000 scale of energy, you know, you should be riding as close to 2000 as possible. Right. You should make yeah. the right decisions. You should, you know, praise your God for what he gives you. You should, you know, accept the blows that are going to knock you back down and still strive for that energy. And these, you know, the folks that don't make it, unfortunately, are the ones that start veering towards negative energy, bad choices, um, et cetera, et cetera. One well, of the David Goggins, well, yeah. David Goggins said that, um, that if you, as a human, you reach this, this place where you feel like you're tapped out or you're overwhelmed, I can't go anymore or it's too hard, whatever it is, but that, but that place for you, when you're tapped out, he says that, you're only at 40% of your capability, 40%, yep. you know? So that extra 60%, like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, what is that 60%? If I'm tapped out and I'm at 40%, what's 60%? Like, and what would that look like? You know, being uncomfortable is the only way to experience comfort, right? Um, that's something that I live by. If you, you know, there is nothing out there that's going to be comfortable. If you think that I woke up one day and just had these successes, you have no idea the last, you know, five, six years of my life and whatever came before that. You know, one of the biggest things that I used as fuel was my mom's death. You know, she died early of cancer. And it was one of those things that I knew as a man, I wasn't really sure how to grieve with it, deal with it. And, you know, of course, at that point, your marriage pays the consequences and you're, you know, keeping. Thing. It's like, man, the thing I ever did was put myself uncomfortably outside of the norm and stop taking, you know, six figure paychecks and stop relying on, you know, something to drop into my lap. You know, it's going to have to take a massive radical change to do something better in your life. You know, so if you're not where you want to be, um, if you think you can do better, but you don't know how, the answer is just get more uncomfortable. You know, put yourself in situations that feel so yeah. wrong, you know, but your gut tells you. And that's the other thing, man. God gives us our gut. I, I can break the human body down to a level of anatomy that, you know, not many people understand. And when you do that and you see the workings and the engineering, everything here happens for a purpose. You know, you turn on the radio, whatever song comes on, it's all there for a reason. This is already pre-planned and predestined. And we have the free will to make decisions that will bring us down the algorithm of life. And I think if more people made the right decisions and had the integrity and the stand behind and the support for one another, you know, this place is lookout, man, because you've got a lot of guys out there that can make a lot of money in this industry just by following well, that recipe. Well, well, what's crazy about what you're saying is um, there's a buddy of mine, uh, Danny Barrera. Uh, he runs a company called Concrete Marketing Crew. Yeah. And um, and I commented on, on some stuff here uh, recently. But um, so he comes from a coaching program called Seven Figure Agency, which I was a coach in that agency. So I so I coached other agencies on how to start build scale their agencies and that's where i met danny um and he voted for trump we we uh he he's a conservative and um but what he was doing is he came in and basically copied everything that we did but charged a little bit less sure and then started doing a couple little things and so i got a little bit upset about that um maybe a little bit resentful i'm and a trendsetter too man don't worry what's that imitation is the highest form of flattery. <laughs> 
I, I yeah. trust me, man. There's so and I didn't many, realize that, you know, like I so many people sniffing my butt in this industry. It's ridiculous. I, mean, I took it personal, right? You, you should know? take it. You should be like, look at me. I'm good. <laughs> I, you know, but I took it personal. And so I saw one of his ads and, um, and then I commented because I know he wasn't um, a citizen. And, and so I said, are you a U.S. citizen or whatever? Yes. And then, and then I put the gif of Trump. And I meant the gif of Trump to be kind of funny because I know he voted for Trump and he, and he loves this country. Yeah. And it was meant to be like a stab at him. And then boom, it blows up. And like, and the crazy thing is though, is um, out of that process. So <laughs> I'm not trying to make light of it, but it's just kind of funny how it works because we talked about it via text. We talked on the phone. He's a great person. I've, I've helped him out a lot. He's helped me out a little bit. Um, we're actually friends. Like we're like best buddies, right? Yeah. Um, outside of, outside of the situation maybe. But um, what's interesting is, those that, um, those that went after you and I watched the, the defamation happen, but I'll yeah. tell you, it's the same reason that there's a select group of people. And actually we have narrowed it down so much with bots and metrics that there are the same, there are 17 haters of me out there. Right. And, and there, those people are typically slinging stones to try and get the attention of the giant, right? Because the, 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 the more attention that you have on that and the less that you have on building your business, I will tell you, man, I would be much further today if I never even engaged it in the past, but you also can't yeah. let somebody sit there and, and you know, perform a gross tortious interference of business or, you know, defame you without at least standing up for yourself and what you believe in. Especially yeah, and, and I commented a couple of times, you know, yeah. I, I commented online two times and my lawyer, I have a really good lawyer. I'm talking like this guy's, this guy's a whole nother fucking level and yeah. a lot of money. But, um, you know, so I've, you know, I've got some good mentors in place and he's a really good guy. Um, but, uh, the funny thing that happened from that though, is I had an influx, get this, an influx. So like online, like in the Facebook groups, it was like, Ryan's a racist or something like this. And our best sales days come from people shit talking. Dude. And so what happened is I had an influx of Spanish um, oh. customers that were so proud. And they were like, thank you so much for standing up because I'm so proud of my citizenship here in the United States. Right. Thank you so much for it. Right. And I'm like, thank you. And then I had another guy, um, Stefan Martinez, who, who I'm talking to tomorrow. Um uh, or actually, I think it's next week on Tuesday at 9 a.m. Anyways, he runs a, um, a uh, an event called the American Dream Event. Yep. And it's there's going to be 2,000 Spanish um, attendees there. And he wants me to speak based on what happened. And he wants me to speak um, on how to grow a business in America for you the Spanish. I'm like, how you does know this happen? What's kind of funny ironic about this situation is I know 17 people that would – post that same exact thing and never get called out for it. Right. Again, I mean, I, I see the way that people's approaches, they think in this world that they can grab and take it, but they don't understand that that's not how it works. Right. Um, you know, when you earn your stripes, man, people can peel them off your chest, but that doesn't mean that they're gone. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, unfortunately, uh, in this day and age, Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter and all of these things, they do have a great impact and they can be taken wrong. You know, just the way that everybody took me saying that they, it, the page was run by a bunch of junkies. It's like, that's not, man, the difference between a junkie and an addict is addicts recover. And, you know, I, I was not, I'm an addict, right? There's no, I'm not going to ever deny that from anybody. I have, um, there are, th I don't drink, you know, specifically for those reasons. Um, and that, that's part of a, you know, a promise that I have to my family. Um, 
it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not a hippie and a psychonaut, but I, I will do all things that will expand my mind to better grow my business and better my relationship with God, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, but, but, you know, 2023, especially online, man, was just a very, just like the, the, the whole economy within our industry, it's not been the best year this year. Right. And I think that, that it's a great, you know, talk that everybody can have. Nobody wants to admit it. Right. But it's not it's not. And I talked to, to all pretty much all distributors. We've got a very wide national customer base. So it's not sample data from the right. mid-Atlantic. It's right. this year was not how 19, 20, 21 and 22 or especially not 21 and 22. You know, we have three to five X our business every year we've been in existence. And while we still do better than we did last year, it's not the way that it should be right now. So, you know, we've got these external factors even impacting this industry. And, you know, the way that you you handle those situations is you band together and you communicate and you say, well, what is selling? Right. OK, we can't sell epoxy. People just got cheap. They're holding their wallets. You know, let's start talking grinding steels or different flake systems or, you know, what can we give these customers? And I think there was this kind of uh, frustration that you see. I, I witnessed it. People trying to figure out how each other were doing without being in each other's business. Yeah. And we just kind of saw the scramble, especially in July and August. Historically, July and August are very, you know, they're very busy months. And I don't know from your metrics how you saw this year. And correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, nationally, I saw that just people didn't get the year that they wanted. Well, so what I saw from a from a marketing standpoint is so basically I started running ads for this industry maybe five, six years ago. And I could run $20 a day and I could get $5 leads. It was crazy. Um, and I was really good at it, too. But I believe now that um, if you're spending 1500 bucks a month on Facebook ads or even two grand a month, it's not enough. So you need to spend more money yeah. in the front end Acquisition to achieve the same cost yeah. per lead, right? Yeah, and it's been the same way with us, man. I mean, we've yeah. been just as, actually we've been a lot more profitable because we really focused on our higher profit margin items. You know, we, yeah. we kind of skated around with some manufacturing changes. Um, but it's been a less productive year because we've had to spend more in acquisition. My overhead just generally has been higher. Um, you know, we were so inflated there for a little while. The cost of living, you know, that you get, it's like you've got to rebound and really be aware of yeah. what's going on. And the only way I think we can do that is to talk amongst ourselves, you know, and to put that information. Because I know a lot of businesses this year, whether I talked to them in passing online or saw a post or whatever, they're like, oh, I'm closing up shop. You know, this isn't going yeah. the way that I want. And it's like, man, this I'm telling you. Well, first off, the Democrats, if I know how they operate and this is not a stab at anything, but, you know, the economy will level out between. Well, that's Bidenomics. Yeah, that I mean, Bidenomics. You know, it's not going very well. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well. So, so there'll, there'll be a little dip, but, you know, it will it will do fine next year before election. There's no way with big tech and big pharma that it won't. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. whether there's lockdowns and things like that, we've as an industry, we grew through that like better than ever. Um, you know, you might see more small, small business stimulus coming out. Unfortunately for me as as a Republican, um, you know, I can I can admit that, uh, you know, my business actually is more profitable under democracy when run correctly. And that's an unfortunate yeah. thing. But my values are disrespected. You know, I don't I don't feel the same way about our country, you know, during these times. Um, and it was, you know, I think it's tough to kind of gauge the economy anyway right now. Uh, but we'll see, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, if we could have some truth, 
to, yeah. you know, then we can make some good decisions. I mean, as business owners, as CEOs, as entrepreneurs, I need good information, good data to make good yeah. decisions. And if, and we're if, getting, you're, if, you're if we're getting shit business. information, how are we supposed to discern? <laughs> exactly. And if you're a new business, becoming bankable and not having to take high interest loans yeah. is something that a lot of these guys are facing. And unfortunately, what happens is they end up upside down because at the time they may be doing, you know, maybe they're doing a couple hundred grand a month in revenue and they they get that. Everybody gets those texts, you know, man, I can give you a hundred grand for 120 payback or I'll give you 200 with 260 payback. And, you know, to them, it's like, well, I can make that and I can break even on that part and I'll grow on this part. And it's like, well, no, man, you really, unfortunately, even with SBA have a hard time being bankable until you're really on paper, almost four years old, even yeah. if you are doing millions of dollars. I mean, I remember in our second year, I think we did three, 4 million, um, you know, third year we were up, you know, seven, 8 million and we broke eight figures last year. And even with those numbers, that revenue with this massive amount of profit, you know, banks right. just won't bank you because you're a new business and they know how the economy is. Lenders are not lending. Um, but you know, as the market corrects yeah. itself a little bit, it will be fine. But for those guys that, you know, were stretching themselves this year, I would say, I think there's hope. Um, and that's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning is recognize that there's hope for you because there are so many recession resistant portions of, of this industry. The most proprietary thing you have is your grinder. If your epoxy dries up, start calling other companies and say, Hey man, I'll surface prep for a buck 50 a square foot. Yeah. You know, there, there's ways to make money and, you know, I, if I can be an example to anybody, um, you know, through my story, it's that I literally started from negative, you know, I started from negative and you don't need the resources that you think you do to build a credible business. If you just do the <laughs> right thing and you take the steps as, as they come, you know, well, I, I think the biggest thing that I've learned too from other industries and uh, you know, guys like Jeff Gear, or Tommy Mello, Brandon Vaughn, these big eight, nine figure guys that have been there for a long time. Ken Goodrich of, uh, of ghetto is going to um, potentially come speak at the summit. Just yep. sold his company for, I mean, what was it? Five, $600 million uh, right. ghetto HVAC company. Um, and the biggest thing that these guys focus on, like the private equity, if a private equity company comes in and buys your company, they're going to focus on a few key things, which is, not your cost per lead. Everyone right. focuses on leads, 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 cost per leads. No, no. It's your cost per appointment, yep. which which considers your lead to appointment conversion rate, right? So your lead conversion rate, your sales closing rate, your average ticket, and your cost to acquire. Those are four metrics. Yep. They want to increase those and obviously reduce the cost per acquisition. And if you can do that, you will dominate. Yep. Um, the, the biggest thing that I see in this industry specifically is lead conversion. Everyone thinks about leads and then customers, yep. but not about what's in between, which is lead to appointment. And you know what I see personally, and I hear about, you know, because I get a lot of the phone calls, people, people of course think we install, right? If you Google epoxy within a few hundred miles of us, we're it. And we get- well, Do you guys sell the leads or like give them to people like clients? Yeah, we do, we do. And actually we had, uh, I'm always open to, if you've got leads, I purchase them and, you know, I give them out to our customers as, uh, you know, as a thank you. Um, you know, but what I was going to say was the follow through too, man, is going back and doing that final handoff, you know, the owners of companies, I see them all out there crushing out sales. There's nothing worse than seeing the guy you like show up on the first day and sell you and then not seeing him at the end of the, you know, the end of the project. And yeah. I think that's something that's not talked about a lot, you know, but we hear it from customers all the time. A guy kind of just left and didn't, you know, 
didn't sign off or, you know, whatever. And it's like, man, how nice would it be to just go back through these jobs with an iPad, get your Google review standing right there in front of your customer with a handshake. You know, I mean that it's, it's crazy. Of course, we've got to be creative with our revenue streams in addition to, you know, Megan's and ballistics and bulletproof, you know, we're the number two uh, sold epoxy on Amazon. And Amazon is one of those things that not a lot of distributors go after and don't even bother now because it takes so much to build yourself, you know, to where you need to be. And you have to be able to have the working capital to support the loss, unfortunately. And within our you know, four walls, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, for us, we look at generalized productivity. You know, how do I manage my productivity here when I added eight heads to my company this year? Yeah. You know, that, are you ready for that? You know, when you start making those changes, typically again, you know, you're not going to have comfort until you, you experience that an uncomfortable state. And, you know, regardless of whether I sell you know, 500,000 or 1.5 million in a month. Um, it's, it's always going to be a challenge. And the, the biggest challenge came when I rolled into eight figures. Like for me, I was super manageable until then. I wore a lot of hats. I was ballistics for the first six months, man. I, w- I went from, you know, promoting it to putting it in boxes and learning my, you know, 49 CFR hazmat training. And that's something that, you know, people don't do out as distributors out there. They're just kind of shipping shit out of their garage. And us as a company, you know, we've tried to follow the standards. And, um, you know, during that kind of beginning process, I was like, man, this is amazing. It was like money was just flowing and I could put it all back in and grow and grow and grow. And then the money didn't stop flowing. But we hit this wall where it was like, if we wanted to grow more, we had to have more capital. There was just no way around it because you ran into cash flow, you know, and being choked for cash flow, I think is something that happens to epoxy installers around a million, like maybe mm-hmm. 800,000 to a million. So for us, it was that like eight plus a million total. And, you know, it's it's a position that you need to stop and really assess what you're doing and how big you want to be and when the money was best because the best possible thing i could ever do for my business was go back to two employees and work that amount right i would be comfortable for life yeah but now i've got this vendetta that you know i want to be you know bigger and sell my company and do all of these things and um and and a lot of companies would i mean we've got a competitive product out there that's another 20-year antiquated product that i've watched um you know, not, it hasn't changed. There's no innovation. It's the same product it's always been. And I rack my brain because I know this product and I know that it's so inferior to our product. So when I get all that, you know, that money at the end of the month, it's like, what do I, what do I want to do? Well, I want to take my family on a really cool vacation, but I'm going to dump it into more ASTM testing, you know, because I want to have the next great thing. So the hustle for me has been just spoon feeding my business as much back as I can. And again, when you hit that where your cash flow choked and you know your revenue is good and you see your profits are there, you're going, where are my profits going? You know, they're going back into your business. Don't forget that and don't get stressed out by that. Understand that, you know, there are programs out there to help you through that. But unfortunately, small business America right now is becoming corporate America because people hit one of two walls. It's a private equity wall or it's the big brother wall, right? And we've had, multi multi million dollar offers from all from private equity firms down to 
you know, competitors to, you know, everything in between. And I would lie if I say I didn't kick them around, um, you know, but for me, I know how much we've changed, but I've limited myself with ballistics, especially you think I wouldn't want those three big retail contracts, you know, but I knew I wasn't ready. I knew that I needed to pump well, that bit. right there. So why do you, how do you discern that? Like, because gut I think most people would chase God. the money versus it's, the, it's, like, it's, it's a gut feeling from God, man. And you have to be real with yourself on those things. You have to put prayer into it and you have to understand that your gut was given to you for a reason. You have a chemical response, an HPAP response, hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal, parathyroid, and that adrenaline starts going first, man. And you, you just have this serotonin release and you have been given the tools in your human body to make the right decision. But it's the people that don't think about it. They chase the material. You know, I can make seven or $8 million 10 times over in this life, or I might be able to leave now and take it once. It's not that I don't want to. I would love to secure stability in an unstable economy for my family, but God has told me that's not the right decision, you know. And and for me, when I these, I um, I made a promise, you know, to my employees that like if they worked hard for me, that I I wouldn't want them to have to work, you know, thirty years to accumulate a small four hundred one k to build a retirement, and maybe have a million dollars. I would want to sell this company to where we could all be comfortable for whatever that meant, you know, so everything we do as a team, I think a lot of people probably see so much passion in that. Yeah. And they mistake that as like, you know, these guys are like acting like they're on top of the world. It's like, no, man, we're all in this for one thing and one thing only. And that is for us and our families and to do better. You know, if there's anything I could take from being bedside, you know, with dying patients for almost 14 years and saving, you know, thousands of lives and watching people come and go. It's that this life, no matter how old you are, is never long enough. I've heard, you know, 80 year old women cry that they didn't have long enough with their mothers. And I lost mine at 22. You know, so for me, it's it's just it's a lot bigger, you know. Yeah, no, I love that. And Tommy wrote a book, uh, which I'm going to send out this. Uh, I'm, I'm buying like a couple hundred copies. Um, but you know, he talks about build a business where everybody wins, yep. like in here, you know, and I love that about your team. I mean, I saw your team in Nashville and everyone was super excited, super kind. I mean, I, I think I got approached by like four different people. They knew my name, you know, um, they had seen me online. They were just very, very respectful, very kind, uh, very generous. It was, you know, it was, it was pretty nice to see. Um, there's a guy, so Justin Blakenship um, has a, has that Facebook page. What I noticed about him is that is I've been following him along online and he's going to church. He's showing up for his team. He's showing up for the company. He's doing a lot of different things. I feel like if more people did that, we, yeah, I think lead, lead by example, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for us, I, I tried really hard for a lot of folks and most of these folks that have actually attacked me online, I helped either financially or emotionally at some point through their addictions, through their struggles, you know, and for me, I think what people saw me react as for getting snuffed out, you know, you, it's weird to be a moderator or an owner. I've got, you know, I own pages with 50,000 people, so I have to be impartial, but I also have to do what's right for our page. And at the end of the day, if you said some stupid comment that got you thrown out, you know, maybe maybe don't say that comment, you know, have the conversation, re-interact. Um, unfortunately, just like I was talking about my friends that sold their companies and were only, you know, congratulated after the fact, I still at the end of the day am competition for either these people or maybe somebody close to them 
you know, that that is maybe even impartial or partial to us, mm -hmm. but people wear colors. It's like a bunch of Facebook gangs, right? And you get these people that like, I'm going to bleed Koval right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, that's not even the same product, man. But if you want to compare the two, you know, red, blue, black, white, whatever your yin and yang is, I believe in that and I support that. But you got to deal with the consequences of being on that side of the scale. You know, I'm just here trying to do what's right for our customers, try to do what's right for our business. Um, we watched dish. Oh man. Distribution was one of the hardest things to watch from the oh, outside. Yeah. Um, when I set up ballistics with people because it became that ballistics became no pun intended, became ammunition between distributors. I've got the product and I'm going to bring everybody into my store. And, you know, and then this guy wants it cause he's got it. He's got to fight him, you know, and it's like, I just, it's like selling drugs, man. It's, it's crazy, it's, man. And it's whatever the flavor of the week is. If you <laughs> took a TDS of ours and you put it next to TDS of the competitive product, you would see that our product is three times the efficacy. But because our product was more intricate at one time, you mm -hmm. know, people are scared to use it because, well, it might be intricate. It's like, well, dude, there's a reason that we have such a loyal base of customers, because once they realize what the product is and what they can use it on, it's endless possibilities and we're only making the products better and easier and, yeah. you know, taking away all of the intricacies. So you've got to grow with companies too. expecting somebody like, again, I didn't ask to become a household name. I guess I'm just a good marketer, right? I, I did something right along the way to blow up and, and become recognized to have a good idea. That's it. Well, also That's too, Tommy, you know, what Tommy taught me was that uh, like, so what he taught the entire garage door industry, cause he, 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 he changed it, you know, by himself, uh, over, over a lot of time, but he has this concept that if I win, it doesn't mean you lose. Right. You know, like you can I can win and yeah. you can win. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's actually possible in life. Man, we, you know? And again, that's synergy, right? You've got to, there are so many people out there and, and if we have haters, which of course everybody's got to have haters again, you got, you know, both sides, um, if but, you do anything in life that's worth anything, you're going to have some people hating on you. There's a, you know, there's a financial game, man. And for those people, again, you know, I came out with a controversial video, which is one of those things I look back on now. I'm like, well, I shouldn't have done that. But, you know, I put a video out and I had more views, I think, than anything else did on the page. And of course it was screen recorded and they made gifts of me, you know, and all of these things. But, you know, my key message in that was, and I'll say it again you know, I love you and I support you, but I rebuke you because that evil and that energy is not needed in my life to succeed for my family. Mm -hmm. You know, your opinion doesn't change my sales. And if anything, like we were talking about, when people talk about us negatively, I'll get another 30, 40 people in my group. Uh, my sales will skyrocket. The best thing that ever happened to us, man, was the, you know, the, the, the memes and the, but I hope it continues. I hope it continues. So, I mean, I hope they slaughter the 2.0. Squire 2.0 is the worst product in the world. Don't use it. It's garbage. You know, I mean, that would be, it would be great because you got to understand and, and people hear these things. All press is good press. If people are talking about you, they're talking about you. Whether you want to punch me in the face or give me a kiss on the forehead, man, you're still going to spend the money the same way. And I hate to well, make and like, business. And I don't like Isaiah said, you yeah, know, Isaiah Pride said um, last week, he said that um, everyone's like a keyword keyboard warrior, but they like in person, it's not like They're nobody wants cats. to fight each other, nobody wants to kill yeah. each other. It's not like the end of the world. It, again, it's just a little bit of it's, it's a little bit of angry.
up. Let me grab my keyboard real quick and be a tough guy. You know, I because if I, you saw each other in public, it's like I walked every world of concrete and you know looked all these guys right in the face, you know, and shook, gave a stern. And I think I'm a I don't know if I'm bigger in person or smaller in person, but everybody looks different in person, you know, when you get there. And it, it's so much this like digital high school. And yeah. if we just realize that we could utilize this tool, man, God has given us the internet to literally instantly communicate from 3,000 miles away. How could you ever fail? How could you ever fail at life when you have every money making potential, regardless of how many degrees you have and where you're at in life, a little bit of hustle and a little bit of ingenuity, but primarily faith. And that's it. And I think that that's what's missing for most people is they lose faith. You don't think I feel knocked down, man. I, I have had times even where we're at and what we do every month. And I look at it, I'm like, it's not enough. Mm. And I look, I, I want to like shake myself from four years ago. And, <laughs> and it's like, I've done so much growing, but I still have so much growth to do. And I'm okay with that. You know, that's part of being a parent, I think, and, and, um, you know, fostering or rearing these kids that like, you've got to constantly self reflect. And you asked a question about, you know, how do you hone in and, and make that decision? And I think it comes from deep self-reflection you know people talk about things like meditation and spirituality it's the same way as mentioning the bible you know people get real cringy about it and it's it's just blows my mind because it was the best thing that ever happened to me you know i was raised as um you know in the church by my mom it was like a church of christ super traditional you know and i knew the bible and it was only after my wife's journey that I really became reacquainted with God yeah. and my beliefs in spirituality might differ from what the church believes, but I can tell you that it it's real and it's tangible and it works. And when I sit there and I give myself as a grown man that can do anything, we are the only beings that can create on this earth. So if you want to create on this earth, you have to let yourself go and let your mind be manipulated by a higher power and higher creation. And I think as long as people trust their gut and, you know, make the right decisions for themselves, their business will follow. There's also a big opportunity for um, people in understanding how to separate their business from their own personal, uh, not big one right there. Not liabilities, but just worth, you know, where the mental bandwidth too, right. Of like, business family business oh, family. Dude, the work-life balance is something that uh, thank god for courtney because i you know wearing all of these hats and running these companies with a small skeleton team and nothing against them but you know that's an exhausting job man to be a resource and and to battle a whole country of people that want to know and you know if i had all the money in the world i'd have three of her but again even yeah. making th- this is a take home too for people. Even if you make, you know, 10 million, 15, 20 million dollars a year, it doesn't mean that anything is going to be easier. There's a nice easy point. If it feels fluid to you, sometimes that's a, the lane you want to be in. You know, you can go 90 miles an hour, you can go 50 miles an hour on the highway, but you're going to reach traffic, uh, you know, a lot more than if you just stay in your lane and find a fluid speed. And well, if, if, uh, if all the 18 to 25 year old kids didn't think that, uh, you could just have, you know, some sort of course online and become a, a billionaire, you know, overnight without yeah, it's, any, any it's sort of unfortunate, man. I see it too on TikTok, and I think <laughs> I think it's so wrong. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of manipulation out there, 
and again, I mean, I, I think a lot of it's just life experiences. I've always considered myself more of a business coach than, you know, a CEO and owner of companies, because that's really what I become. I become a resource for yeah. people that want to know how I got to where I got. And most importantly, the, the folks that are mad that I figured it out before they did. You know, but I, it's like, man, I give anyone the secret sauce. Like if you yeah. if you want to be coached, I would love to coach you because I used to, you know, I used to teach as part of my career and I would teach all of these, you know, baby nurses, uh, hemodynamics and big, you know, phlebostatic axis and, you know, all of these, you know, things that back in the day, everybody's like, oh my God, this, you know, but it's like, if we're not teaching, if we're not sharing that knowledge, how are we doing anything better for our industry? And where's the sense of pride in the industry? You know, if I asked anyone, you know, what accrediting body governs you, I mean, a lot of guys in this industry aren't even required to have contractors licenses in their state, you yeah. know, so where is the pride in making sure that you're holding yourself accountable so you can give your customers and your distributor the best possible relationship? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Um, well, Hey, I'm sure we can go on forever. Um, yeah, um, forever. <laughs> no, Hey, but I want to ask you, uh, let me put my mic away from my face there. Um, I always like to ask everybody, um, so two questions to, to end us off. Cause we had an amazing conversation here. Uh, by the way, if you're listening still live, thank you for listening live. It's a long hour or so that you've been listening. Really appreciate that. If you can put in comments, hashtag live, I'd appreciate that. If you're on the replay and you, and you, and you hear this part, you've stayed through the entire thing, put in comments, hashtag replay. Also, if you're on Apple or Spotify where we get most of our downloads, I think it's a couple like three or 4,000 downloads a month, which is quite a few for this, this industry. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you guys. Leave us a review. Let us know what you guys think, whether it's bad, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's good. It's all good. What, so you know, what, what more tea you want on who? <laughs> if you want me to drink some coffee on the podcast, if I need to eat some lunch, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> whoever it is, thank you guys that are tuning in live. Chris, uh, Slava, I see a Facebook user, Chris uh, Crow, Spencer Little. Man, what is up? Spencer Little, man, is an absolute legend as well. I miss you, Spencer. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. So the last question or questions I want to ask Corey are the best and the worst advice you've ever received. And, and I think you can respond. How the best advice I've ever received is that no education is free, um, period. And, uh, the worst, uh, gosh, it's hard man. to think about the negativity, right? Yeah. I mean, the worst is, it's, don't, don't pet the sweaty stuff and don't sweat the petty stuff. No, I mean, that's pretty good advice too. Um, I don't know, man. I, I try to take the silver linings kind of from everything. So I, I, I take all advice for what it is. And I choose 2023 was a big year for me to stop listening to other people, um, you know, and really focus on my heart. And that was a big one, you know, so no, I don't think any advice is bad advice. I've had some bad experiences secondary to advice, but I, I'll go through them again if I, it makes me a better man. What about the Corvette? You know, is the Corvette everything that Chevy sells? That, that C8 is the best car, hands down, ever made. I really? don't, man, I want a GT3 RS really bad, but I would have a hard time spending three, you know, 300,000 instead of, I, I overpaid on mine a little bit. I, you know, I but, think it's nice, dude. I've seen it, dude. And I saw the video where you pulled up somebody's house. 
with the Corvette and then pulled out ballistics out of the front. I was like, that's sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a cool car, man. And what's cool about it is it, you know, for for guys that are listening that are building their companies and stuff, like buy yourself something nice along the way, man. Because if you feel bad or you feel guilty about rewarding yourself, you're gonna burn out. Um, I know I, you know, I've got a great friend, Tyler Rayeth out of uh, Wisconsin, and he and I talk a lot about pushing the stones up the hill. You've got life, you know, you've got work and you've got family and the work and family balance is like literally pushing two gigantic boulders up a hill and trying to make sure that you don't let either of them fall. Right. So during that time period, you have to, as part of life, reward yourself with something nice. You know, I bought my family in one of our better years, our new home. You know, I bought my car in the year before because I feel like I did well, because if I don't do that, I will burn out. I will absolutely. I like, I never used to be a jewelry person, man. I like jewelry. I like nice watches. You know, those are all things that I'm sure people would say, Oh, it must be nice. It's like, well, yeah, man, I put in like three really long months and I will reward myself with a watch. It's the least I could have done for my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. So no education is free. I love that, which is true. Um, yeah, regardless of how you acquire it, mm -hmm. it is not free. You Whether have it's time, yep. suffering, yep. money. And if, you, and if you, I almost slipped up. If you mess up, you know, you can't look at it and beat yourself up and say, man, I can't believe that happened. It's like, man, that cost me a little bit to learn that lesson. Yeah. And that's, you know, I've had partnerships that didn't work out, man. I mean, we've had all of the aspirations, but you can't change other people. Yeah. Other people have to be as hungry as you are. They have to be as ambitious as you are. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, I, I had some crazy losses this year, just from people that other people on our team believed in. And maybe I believed in them and supported them. And, you know, maybe it wasn't what we wanted, but for every loss, we had six wins. Yeah. But, you know, that loss, I literally just paid for that education, you know? <laughs> no, dude, that is so true. I think, uh, well, because, you know, in life, uh, and we can keep going forever, but um, in life, you can, you always learn from the mistakes and the failures, yep. you know? You, it's, yes, you can learn from success, right? And that's possible. But I feel like you learn more from the trials, the mistakes. And self-reflection, man. You've got to yeah. look in the mirror, you know, before you start trying to pick slivers out of other people's eyes, you got to pull the stick out of yours. And, yes. you know, humility is the word of this year. It was accountability for us earlier in the year. We always try and have active words as a team, you know, humility, being humble and realizing that we're not going to get every win, man. And if we did, it would be great. But, you know, you got to pivot, you got to weave and you got to keep your, you know, your knees bent, your head bowed. Yeah, I love it. All right. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. You, man. Yeah, um, I think this was a long time coming. I think we have to get back on here again, um, and we'll talk sure. more about a couple of different things. Um, I think, I think, I think, uh, guys, if you're still listening, let me know in the comments if you want Corey to be a return guest. Just put in hashtag Corey if you want Corey to be a return guest. And if you guys are interested in reaching out, I will tag some of our stuff. We've got a really catchy website at squeezeyourtrigger.com. It's really easy to remember. And then our supplies supply the letter in design.com. So supply design.com. Um, and we're out of Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, we cater to the nation, you know, for everybody. For, I, I'm, I try to be a one-stop shop, man. If you're shopping with us from the tape to the rollers to the, you know, whatever sundries and acetone and whatever, we build your pallet out to you. You don't even have to go to Sherwin-Williams. 
Um, outside of that, if you don't know about ballistics, you know, we can get you acquainted. Ballistics is what will pay your bills if epoxy dries up, especially in the wintertime. Uh, we can teach you how to do very profitable grinding seals. The product goes over polish. Uh, it's an anti-graffiti product. I mean, it'll it's a great product. Think of a macrocellular version of a ceramic coat, but it's not a ceramic coat. So that's that's always the other question is who's Corey Colson and what is ballistics, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and then Bulletproof Resins is a line that we really are um, constantly uh, trying to do better with, bring new products out. And that's one thing we could talk about on the next podcast is um, the way that we've structured our business to not have not focus on other distributors, but to focus on artists. And that's another trend that we already have set is I see other distributors now trying to recruit and promote artists, which is something that, you know, yeah. we, we brought to the like influencer marketing, you know, it, it's like, a long list, man, but it works out for, you know, for these guys to get the exposure and the products and, you know, whatever benefits mm. that they end up getting and, and be part of something bigger. Um, and we're more blessed to have them than they are us. I'm sure that they love yeah. our products and they love our family. Um, but you know, shout out to Dan's hands, Danny Carrero, um, shout out to Hashim from diverse design. We're going over the UK and Dubai and Amsterdam all from being on hands and knees with the grinder, man, we get to where we're at. Um, you know, shout out to Derwin Scott, DSD, um, Madden Wolf artistry, Brandon Landis and Tyler Reagan from Titletown, man. Those are my boys, period brothers, regardless of race, creed, skin, it doesn't matter. Um, we're all here for the same we're all here for our family so yeah i love it man hey well tune in next week guys we have another podcast coming we skipped out i think on two weeks uh with some of the re you know some things going on wanted to get restructured here uh but we are back full-time action with content uh let us know uh apple spotify over there for reviews let us know how we're doing if you like it you hate it whatever it could be um and also guys stay tuned um, for an upcoming podcast with Corey, we will do something probably before the end of the year, uh, and maybe bring you out to the summit too. You know, we've got, uh, potentially up to 300 people coming to the summit. Um, and so we will, uh, see if we can get you there as well. Um, but have a phenomenal week guys and focus on lead conversion. If you guys focus on one thing this week, focus on converting leads into appointments. If you can convert 70% of your leads into appointments, you'll be highly profitable. So anyways, guys, want to drop that bomb. We'll see you guys next week. Go do something nice for your spouse. That's my only piece of advice for the rest of the day. I drop love that one. Drop I, I you're that doing. One. Go do something nice for your spouse, and I guarantee you'll have a great rest of your day. <laughs> that's, you, that, that's words from the wise right there. You know, I named my business after my wife, um, <laughs> and a lot, a lot of people don't get it. But it was more so for posterity for my little girls. You know, I, I was like, <laughs> I wanted something that was just concrete, man, no pun intended. Yeah, and you you will never do this without a supportive spouse. So hook them up. Yeah, love it. Okay, we'll see you guys later. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.